your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's show, I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about Winnipeg's next couple of games and check in around the NHL looking at the standings. Uh, obviously, the Jets don't play until Thursday, so we have a decent chunk of time off, which means it's it's maybe a bit of a time to um, kept, catch a breather and, and catch up with the Jets, as well as a lot of the other teams around the league. Uh, a lot has changed over the last few months. Uh, quite a few teams that maybe surprise people have fallen off a bit, or there are some squads that just continue to chug along and keep on keeping on. So we'll find out which teams have been performing up to standard, which ones look like the real deal, and which ones are surprisingly poor. But first, let's focus on the Jets. Winnipeg next plays Detroit and Washington on the road as their home games have basically been postponed until uh, COVID restrictions and stuff are eased up. This honestly means a lot of schedule disruptions for Winnipeg because, you know, they're basically playing like one game a week at most, which is a little bit difficult to work around. You know, a lot of teams prefer to be playing at least a couple of games a week, keep those fresh legs, keep up to game readiness, and uh, you don't stagnate or rust as much. But the Jets don't really have a choice. So what we're going to see with them against Detroit is probably a pretty decent performance, I would think. I'm sure Hellebuck will be back in net. Honestly, at some point, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to give Hellebuck some more time off, just because it seems like the past game or so, it's not really been his best, but maybe that's just Colorado. I feel like maybe he needs a couple more uh, relieving starts here and there from Comrie, but you know, with all the breaks, maybe that's not as much of a concern. Perfetti, Reichel, and one other guy did actually get moved to the taxi squad for now, um, which means that there's probably some players who are getting uh, up to health and, and back to full strength. I do think Perfetti at least will still be with the team. I can't imagine him being on the taxi squad. It does do some like cap-saving stuff, so I would imagine this is more of a paper transaction than it is an indication of Perfetti maybe getting sent down. Heinola, though, was among the players who were demoted to the Moose. I don't know if Heinola is actually part of this team's future anytime soon. It's a little bit frustrating because, look, I know that Heinola does have some defensive issues, and certainly he will make mistakes from time to time, but the thing with Vili is that he brings a really unique skill set that the Jets just don't have a lot of on the back end. You know, you watch Colorado, and I think the thing that stands out is Colorado has a lot of team speed. Against a team like Detroit, I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue. The Wings are an okay squad, but they're nothing particularly special. Um, you know, they're they're basically bang average in a lot of categories, sometimes very poor. Last night, they got absolutely shellacked by the LA Kings. At one point, it was like uh, shots in favor of, of LA 27-2, and that was just in the first period alone. 
But even still, I, I think the additional back-end mobility and uh, skating and vision ability of, of Heinola really makes him a particularly unique defender for the Jets. He is a high-end puck mover with an excellent shot, great vision, great passing, incredible offensive instincts. All this stuff could be really useful both at even strength and on the power play. And yet, for some reason, he can't get in over Logan Stanley. I know that everyone loves Logan and thinks that we need this big physical guy, but the thing with Stanley is he doesn't do anywhere near enough to really justify his inclusion over Heinola. If anything, those attributes he has actually make him really struggle at times to deal with smaller forwards and stuff, which is kind of where the game's going. And so, in many ways, I don't really think Stanley compensates enough for his own shortcomings, and unfortunately, I, I, I don't really think he's had that great of an NHL career, and I don't think the Jets really need that big physical size over, you know, mobility and skill. Logan might even struggle against Detroit, which is not going to be great because the Red Wings are pretty bad. But that aside, their next game will be against uh, Washington afterwards, which the Caps are a much harder opponent. Winnipeg basically knows that they can't take a single penalty. At even strength, they're going to have to be really careful. And honestly, I'd expect the Jets to get smoked. Washington does have issues in overtime, but if they stay in regulation and can finish the game in regulation, Winnipeg doesn't really stand a chance. Uh, you know, the Jets skated with Colorado for a little bit, but eventually the Avs just sort of pulled away. Uh, I don't really see the Caps having anywhere near as much foot speed, but their scoring strength and their ability to, to pressure you in waves, I think is going to be too much for the Jets defense to handle. The other big reality is that as soon as the Jets take a single penalty, you know, Winnipeg's going to be in trouble. You have to deal with Kuznetsov, Oshie, Ovechkin, Backstrom, um, sometimes Shady, a, a bunch of players who are actually quite good at scoring. Uh, it, it depends on who actually is healthy at the time, um, because their power play units have had to change a lot with all of the COVID protocol guys and all of the injuries over the past few weeks. But, you know, even with a half-strength roster, this Caps team is quite scary and quite good. The only hope the Jets would have is if they somehow either win or force overtime. For some reason, the Caps in overtime are just atrocious. It's like nothing I've ever really seen with an overtime team. Even with the lack of foot speed, you would think the skill and shooting ability would elevate the Caps to a team that, quite frankly, wins at least a couple of overtime games, but they have yet to win once, and they've had like eight attempts, so maybe the Jets could pull that off if they're able to get enough saves, but I really feel like they'd be leaning heavily on Hellebuck for this one, which, not really a recipe for success in my opinion. I know that Helly has carried this team in past seasons, but, you know, he can only do so much. And I think at some point the Jets just have to realize they're a mediocre team, especially right now. And so I'm curious to know what the lines look like as we get closer to Thursday and next Tuesday. Uh, I think the Jets, they have a lot of work to do, and I don't really know how they're going to solve it with this current coaching staff. Thus far, I'm not really entirely impressed with Lowry's approach to things. There are some areas that I think he does have the right idea in general, but the way that he executes the ideas with uh, really poor defensive schematics and stuff, and maybe a little bit too much aggression at times, it does leave me wondering if he really um, has the ability to sort of work around issues and make in-game adjustments. I think that second period against Colorado was a clear sign that he definitely needs a lot more time to get used to the NHL level, and it's not really something the Jets can just afford. They need an experienced coach who's willing to hit the ground running because, you know, the Jets don't have a huge window left, and so they got to make the most of what they can right now, and they do probably need to think about 
maybe looking around and seeing if there's somebody they can lure in. I don't know if that's really going to be possible in the middle of the season, but they do need to be doing due diligence, so we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, this team has a lot of work to do, and I'm not going to act like it's going to get solved in just a couple of games, but hopefully the Jets can turn things around. They've still got plenty of time left, and, uh, you know, the season's definitely not over by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, speaking of the season not being over, I wanted to check in around the league and see what exactly is going on, because the race for playoff spots and stuff, it's going to be pretty tight. We'll check in with the Eastern and Western conferences in just a moment, but before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, I did want to take a look at the uh, the standings from around the league and kind of check in on how each of the conferences are doing, see if we have any teams that are genuine contenders, and maybe a couple of pretenders thrown in there for good measure. The East has a very interesting balance. Uh, you've got the Metro Division, which I think is among the strongest out there. You've got Carolina, New York, Washington, and Pittsburgh anchoring their top four, and all four teams are within five points of one another. Now, the real pretender here is probably the Rangers. They're 23-9-4, but when you look at the underlying metrics for how they're playing, they're actually not particularly good. You recall the last few years how the Jets would squeak into the playoffs and people would be like, well, you know, this team is actually not that bad and, and they're not playing that poorly. You know, that's not really the truth about the Jets. And it's basically what's happening with the Rangers. The only reason they have such a really strong record is because they've got some pretty good finishing talent, and they're also getting a ton of saves. They don't even have that many goals for when you look at it. They've scored collectively 106 as a team, which is the same as Columbus and just one more than New Jersey. Yet they're rocking a plus 15 goal differential, which tells you that they're really getting a ton of saves from their net minding, which is going to be down to Shishterkin. I mean, he's been absolutely crazy in that Georgiev held his own when he had to take over uh, for Shishterkin, who was injured. Shishterkin might genuinely be in the Vesna conversation at some point. I don't know if he is like a, a lead favorite this year, but he should at least be, in my opinion, one of the finalists. The other teams, though, that are at the top, these are all real squads. Carolina, I mean, what can you even say about them? They're offensively dominant. They shut down opponents in the defensive side of things. They have very strong goaltending. It's just a fantastically well-balanced team, and Freddie Anderson has been pretty darn awesome for them, which I didn't really expect, but he seemingly has turned his career around after not really having particularly great years with the Maple Leafs. Maybe this is much more of a fit. He's got a very strong defense in front of him, a squad that loves to maintain possession of the puck, and it just seems like Carolina is a true juggernaut. The Caps, they're they are pretty darn good. Um, 
their OT struggles are something strange to keep an eye on, and honestly, I think their goaltending is not particularly great. It's at best pretty average, but this is still a squad that's definitely built for regular season success and will at least be through a round or two of the postseason. I'm just not sure I really want to hang my hat on them yet. They've also had a lot of injuries and COVID players, so maybe once they get back to full strength, it'll be a little bit of a different story, but, you know, everyone's kind of dealing with the same stuff. It's hard to know what exactly Washington will look like come playoff time, but I would say they're a sleeper pick for now and one to keep an eye on. Same with the Pens, though. The Pens, I I legit believe this team is going to make absolute chaos in the playoffs. This is a squad that, even though their record might not look as impressive as some of the other teams, it's actually incredible when you think about the number of injuries and players and COVID protocol they've had. Mike Sullivan is, again, Coach of the Year. I just feel like he really should be a Jack Adams finalist almost every season. He's that intelligent, and he makes a team that, frankly, is held together by duct tape look pretty flippin' awesome. Tristan Jari is finally realizing his potential as well, so if Jari can keep at least league average numbers, this is a team to watch out for. Columbus, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and the Islanders are probably not making the postseason at this rate, and all of them have had various struggles. The Flyers, in particular, atrocious. The, you know, the Devils, not so great either, but for the Isles, not much that they could do about their season. It's been a train wreck, and they've already, you know, trailed most other teams having played only 28 games versus, at minimum, 33 for the rest of the division. Uh, in the Atlantic, though, we've got a very interesting race at the top. We've got Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, and then very distantly behind them, Boston. I, I think Florida is definitely the class of the division. Um, Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay and still very talented, and you really can't bet against them, especially come playoff time, but they've been a little bit leakier this year, and you know maybe a little bit of fatigue is starting to catch up. Maybe some of the stuff that they've been doing isn't quite as effective as it used to be, but this this is still a juggernaut of a roster, and I really can't imagine betting against it. The Panthers, though, they're an upstart young squad, uh, you know, backed up by some very savvy veteran talent. This team seems like it's poised for a really deep playoff run. They might be cup favorites this year. Super dangerous team, and right there with them are the Maple Leafs. Toronto has really had a turnaround this season. After a bit of a labored start, they've just been on an offensive tear throughout the past several weeks, and even when they have a stumble here and there, overall, this team, again, is finally recognizing the amount of offensive talent it has. Um, Pretty okay defensive play, some really strong goaltending from Jack Campbell. This team, it's for real. I, I think that they're another cup contender and a squad that easily ranks among the top five of the Eastern Conference as a whole. Detroit, Buffalo, Boston, Ottawa, and Montreal, none of these teams I would particularly worry about. The Bruins might be okay for like a wild card appearance, but beyond that, not really impressed with their season. I don't think that they're a squad that's really all that dangerous, and even though they do have some games in hand on most of the division, it's nowhere near enough to really catch up to the top three. So, yeah, Interesting runnings from the East. I I think that this is a very competitive picture, and it's, you know, a little bit better than what we're seeing out of the West, which we'll take a look at in just a moment. Before we move on, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be your number one destination for all of your online betting needs during this holiday season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at standings from around the league, and obviously it's been a pretty chaotic season. The Western Conference is no exception. Um, out in the Central, we have a bit of a mixed bag, I would say. Nashville remains at the top, but Colorado has like five games in hand. And let's be honest, we all expect Abs to basically be at the top pretty soon. They, um, They've got a plus 34 goal differential. They have been on a bit of a winning streak, and, you know, they're only four points behind first, which we all expect them, again, to overtake. The Blues, uh, you know, are another team that I think in second place is okay. I think they and the Preds are just kind of like quality playoff squads, but I think the Blues would honestly be a little bit more balanced. Nashville probably relies on Yusuceros a little bit too much. I still think that both teams are good enough to give some squads in the wild cards or even in the second round fits, but beyond that... I don't think that either of these teams are really cup contenders. The Wild are kind of in the same boat of being very decent and really well-rounded. But overall, it's just, I'm not really seeing a team here that's particularly exciting yet. I think the Avs are the clear class of the division, and it's not really close. And then you've got a bunch of other teams that might play some decent hockey, but aren't really anything special. The Jets kind of sit in the latter portion of this division. I just don't think Winnipeg is all that good, to be honest. I really wish it was a different story, but again, another season in which the Jets are at best mediocre and at worst really poor to watch. You you pit them against like Colorado and it's just not even close. The Jets might skate with the Avs for a little bit, but after a while, Colorado basically just pulled away and never looked back because the Jets coaching staff couldn't really adjust to maybe one or two extra goals against they didn't like. That's a clear difference in the tactical approach, and of course, Colorado's roster has a little bit more top-end talent, so... It's it's frustrating to see, man. I mean, you, you watch this Colorado team be systematically built from the ground up and really turn it around in just a few seasons, and the Jets can't get their act together most seasons. So, disappointing to put it lightly. Out in the Pacific, we've got Vegas now back in first place, although they have played more games than anyone else in the division. Still have a decent lead. In second place, they've got the Ducks at 43 points, which is pretty decent. Uh, behind them is Calgary and then L.A., This feels like a pretty okay top three to work with. I think Calgary is maybe a little bit underrated this year. They've been on various streaks, and they've got a a nice balanced roster. The only issue for them is that they've really struggled recently to produce offense, and unfortunately for them, you know, they lack some of the high-end firepower of a team like Colorado or even the Jets at times. They're still really well-balanced, and there's a lot there to like under Sutter's management, but I, I don't think, you know, come playoff time, they quite have the guns to go toe-to-toe with some of these top contenders. I think they might be able to get through a round or two, but beyond that, hard to say. And if they face the Ducks, I honestly think Anaheim might give them tons of fits. Anaheim's got a pretty solid defense. They've got a really well-balanced attack. Some really great finishers are starting to emerge for this team, like Zegras, a phenomenal talent. Uh, John Gibson and Nett should make enough saves for them to be competitive every night. This is just a great squad, and I think the Ducks have really turned it around over the past couple of seasons. It's interesting that they're this good already, uh, and, and honestly, if they play a team from the Central Division, 
they might not struggle as much as they used to. I'm very curious to see how they do. The Sharks are kind of back there with the Kings. I feel like both of these squads, you know, if they sneak into a wild card spot, it wouldn't shock me, but I don't think either of them is particularly well equipped to handle like a full seven game playoff series. I think they're fun. I think they can play some uh, interesting hockey. The Kings a little bit less so. I think LA kind of has a little bit of a ground and pound approach, which, you know, it's okay given that roster. They're still kind of rebuilding and in transition, but you know, the Sharks might be a little bit more offensively inclined. The goaltending for them, though, is still a huge question mark. And uh, after that, you've then got Edmonton, Vancouver, and Seattle. Yeesh. Um, Edmonton's just kind of bad. I-, I don't really know how else to describe it. You've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, and it really feels like they've wasted their primes. The Seattle uh, squad is is really poor. They left a lot of value on the table. They are, they're not getting saves. They're not scoring goals. Nothing's really gone right, and it looks like they're going to be on track for a lottery pick. I'm keeping an eye on Vancouver. They might be a team that's going to give somebody fits if they can really rebuild their form throughout the second half of the season under Boudreaux. I still think they have some issues under the surface that they're not really going to be able to fix this year, but considering where they started and where they are now, which they've been 8-1-1 in their last 10 games, the Canucks might be a really annoying team. We'll see. It's very interesting to see them turn it around, and maybe, just maybe, they'll sneak into the postseason. We're approaching the halfway mark for a lot of these teams, and it's been an interesting season to put it lightly, but you know there's still plenty of time to go, and maybe the Jets can be one of those teams that sort of reverses their current trend and really starts to pick up their play, while other teams that maybe shouldn't be as, as good as they are are starting to show real weaknesses. Let me know what teams you're keeping an eye out for at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.